Hi everybody, welcome back to the 28 Summers podcast. I'm Jay Worthy and this is the podcast for anyone trying to inject some adventure, purpose and balance into their lives. If you find yourself yearning for a more adventurous life or stuck in the daily grind, rolling from one mundane day to the next, then you are in the right place. 28 Summers is all about living life adventurously, seizing the moment and optimizing your life. Now I start today's episode with an apology. This episode, number five in the series, is a bit overdue. Like we all need from time to time, I was able to take a couple of weeks off on holiday with my family, and despite the best of intentions, I just wasn't able to get out and record this episode for you all. But fear not, I'm back and excited to continue our 28 Summers journey. And then one other caveat for today's episode. If it sounds a bit tinny and a bit quiet, it's because unfortunately I'm not in the uh, great outdoors today where I normally am when I bring you these episodes. Having been to Spain for our holiday, we now find ourselves in two weeks of quarantine in this strange new world we live in. So I'm bringing you this episode today from my home gym. So apologies for the sound. As I bring you this episode today, I'm looking out the window and I'm struck by the beauty of nature and the resilience all around me. At times in our lives, certainly it's true in my own life, we can become overwhelmed with external factors, things outside of our control, and we let them dominate our mood and our mindset. And it's such an easy trap to fall into, and yet we only need to look to nature for the perfect example for us to follow. Unswayed by colder weather, more rain, shorter days, the flora and fauna around us just get busy doing what they do best, living life in the present, and optimizing every single day. Today is a little bit colder. The sunrise was a little bit later. We're beginning the transition to autumn, and yet nature is taking it all in its stride. No doubt we can all learn from that example. Earlier on in the series, we talked about optimizing life, using the power of nature, finding calm in an always-on world, and unlocking a growth mindset through the power of journaling and morning flows. So today, I want to talk fuel. Now, I don't mean petrol or gas or any other fuel in the traditional sense. I mean personal fuel, food, nutrition, how we power ourselves, what drives our energy levels and our mood, how well rested we feel and able to tackle this adventurous life we want to live. I want to talk about powering this incredible journey, this incredible machine we've been given. Our 28 Summers vision to live a more adventurous and present life requires us to look after our bodies to ensure that we are energized and we're ready to live this adventurous life. Now I'm a huge tech geek and I love playing with gadgets just as much as the next person, but nothing I have ever seen comes even remotely close to the awe-inspiring complexity and capability of the human body and mind. Our bodies are a gift. As Jim Rohn famously said, take care of your body, it's the only place you have to live. And that is so true. I want to have fun as much as the next person. A cold beer, great red wine, chocolate. It's all so good, so indulgent and so enjoyable. And we all need to have that balance in our lives where those things can exist and we can enjoy those moments. It's excess. Excess is the problem. That's what ultimately causes the challenge. Now, if you're rolling your eyes and worried that this is already going to become a sermon on diet and how to starve yourself to lose weight, don't worry, because frankly, I could not care less about weight. I'm not even remotely interested in what the scales have got to say. What matters to me 
is how I feel. How tired am I? How much energy do I have? How clearly can I focus in the moment right now? Do I have cravings? Do I have pain? Do I have discomfort in my stomach? How does my skin feel? Are my teeth and nails healthy? Does my mood drive my eating behavior? As I ask those questions, how did you feel? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like you checked all of those boxes? Because if so, huge credit to you. You are either living a life perfectly in balance already with good healthy nutrition or you're a genetic anomaly. Either way, congratulations to you. Put down the headphones, give yourself a break. You are doing an awesome job. If, however, as you listen to those questions that I was asking, you began to focus in on the questions and the words that I was saying, if they made you stop and think, if you got that telltale sensation you get when you are hearing something that resonates with you, that thing that happens when someone says something that just scratches that itch you have, what they're saying hits right on the money with an issue you've been grappling with but you can't figure out. If that was you, then listen in. Now, before we get any further, full disclosure here, I'm not a nutritionist, nor am I a qualified dietitian, and nor do I pretend to be. My only qualification of relevance for this discussion is this. I used to drink too much, too frequently. I used to eat to excess every day. I was more out of shape 10 years ago than I am today. I used to be sore more. I used to ache more. I had a poor attention span. I would crash in the afternoons, unable to focus or think clearly. My sleep was terrible. My mood was erratic. I had an unhealthy relationship with food and drink, entirely driven by my mood or my stress levels. You see, I'm not prescribing a diet plan here and I'm not giving specific nutritional advice. So qualifications are broadly irrelevant. I'm just speaking to you from experience. I'm sharing with you how being aware of what I was eating and what I was drinking and taking steps to manage that more effectively has changed my life. Honestly, no bullshit. I'm not perfect. I indulge sometimes like the rest of us and that's okay. But the truth is you don't need to be perfect all the time. Just good most of the time. I'm a dad of four. I have a busy job and a busy lifestyle. And a lot of other guys at my stage in life, at my age, Well, they're in a different place. They're not feeling what I'm feeling. Maybe they're always tired. Maybe they feel sluggish. Maybe they're out of shape. Maybe they feel weak or they're sore. Maybe they're stressed. And I honestly don't feel any of those things, not anymore. And if you're feeling some of those things, I'm not gloating. I'm just telling you that there is another way and it's never too late to make the change. It absolutely does not mean starving yourself. We should all just stop looking at those Photoshop six-pack abs or bikini bodies and start listening to our own bodies. Your body is trying to tell you what it needs. You just got to listen. And that was the biggest realization for me. I wasn't listening to the one thing that could actually help me change. My body was telling me loud and clear when I was drinking to excess and that I shouldn't do it too often. It's called a hangover. When I ate a lot of fried food or takeaway food, My my gut ached. If I had too much sugar in my diet, I got a headache. If I was drinking caffeine to excess, I had headaches. Not only is your body the best machine you have ever seen in your life, it's also the smartest. If you listen to what it has to say, it really knows what it's talking about. And that's exactly what I did. 
I mentioned in a previous episode how I got control of my life and my health. Now I'll soon be 43 years old, but I honestly feel healthier than I did at 33, 10 years ago. In fact, I'm genuinely more healthy, more balanced and less stressed than I was at 30. Some of that is down to fitness and training and mindset, but a huge part of it is just down to lifestyle and nutrition. Now, I love this quote from Anne Wigmore. The food you eat can be either the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. That's powerful stuff. You see, the odd ice cream or a few beers, they don't kill you overnight. But eaten to excess or drank to excess or repeatedly without break, you'll slowly get this buildup of damage inside. And that's what stresses out your system. We see it so clearly now with smoking, right? We all understand the effects loud and clear. We know in no uncertain terms that smoking will kill us. The same is true of poor nutrition choices, not individually, but they have this compounding effect over time. So why am I banging this drum so hard today? Well, simply speaking, your health and your mobility is the biggest limiting factor to your ability to live life adventurously. Our bodies are just like cars. Well-maintained when the warning lights come on, regularly serviced, provided with clean, high-quality fuel, modern cars can run way longer than their predecessors. If you take care of your body, fuel it well, and take action when warnings come up, it will be the perfect vehicle for your adventurous life. As Buddha said, every human is the author of his own health or diseases. So be the author of your health. That was the commitment I made to myself to be the author of my own health. Now, before you reach for the latest A-lister diet or begin to deprive yourself of everything you love, I wanted to share with you what I believe are life changes, relatively simple and easy to implement changes, which I believe fundamentally changed my trajectory, and I'm certain they can do the same for you. So many people I've spoken to over the years rush straight into health, all guns blazing. They wanna change everything all at once usually on some 30-day cleanse, purging their system and lives of everything they perceive as unhealthy. Now, for some, I do appreciate that can work and all power to those people, but it does take a certain mindset and frankly, not everyone has that. These life changes, I like to think of them as steps on a journey, almost like a checklist. The next time a friend tells you about some amazing diet or supplement, The next time you read a book or a magazine article promoting some intense plan that's going to get you that great body you want. Before you jump in with both feet, take a breath and consider the checklist. Consider the life changes. Are you doing everything on the list? If you are, then go ahead, give it a whirl if you want to. But if you're not, my advice is get the basics nailed first. I like to think of them as prerequisites for anyone considering a new diet or nutrition plan. They are things that really work for me, and I can't stress enough that they may not work for you, but I would encourage you to give them a try and start looking for your personal checklist. So let's get into mine. I'll share them with you in the hope that some of them work as well for you as they have for me. First is a big one. Let's talk drinking calories. Now, I've spoken to so many friends over the years who can't understand why they're gaining weight or feeling so unhealthy. Their diet sounds good, They're eating whole unprocessed foods, not snacking. They don't seem to be eating a lot of junk food and they just can't understand why they're not losing weight. And in many cases, through discussions with them, I found that the culprit, at least in some part, is drinking calories. 
for some reason, and I was 100% in this camp, we have this mental block when it comes to drinks. We just don't seem to view them as calories in the same way we do food. Don't ask me why, I'm no psychologist, but it is a consistent issue that I see. So for me, it's a legitimate life changer that is worth giving your attention and focus. Let's imagine Sarah loves a flat white from her favorite coffee shop. She typically has, say, one per day on her drive into work. That's five coffees a week. More often than not, she's going to have at least one more on the weekend. She also loves red wine. She's not an excessive drinker, but she will regularly drink one bottle over the course of a weekend. Now, that sounds pretty reasonable, right? You wouldn't listen to that and say that she's drinking to excess or consuming too much. Well, yes and no. It's not an obscene amount of calories by any stretch. But, and it's a big but, you've got to do some basic maths here. So Starbucks, other coffee shops are available, they quote on their website a grande flat white as 220 calories. A typical bottle of red wine is about 650 calories. So basic maths, 6 times 220 plus 650, that is 1,970 calories. Now I know the sharp ones amongst you are going to be reminding me a few moments ago I said I don't care about scales and I don't care about calories. And I don't. But stick with me here, for the purposes of illustrating the potential hidden damage drinking calories can do, I want to share this scenario with you. General consensus seems to be that around 2,000 calories per day is the average amount for women. So Sarah is basically consuming 8 days of calories in 7 days. Even with a balanced food intake, it's an extra day a week. Just let that sink in for a moment. One whole extra day of calories every week. I can imagine the moment that that resonates with you because I had exactly that same moment. I loved a flat white. I loved a cappuccino. And I was drinking a lot of calories without even really contemplating it. I would never dream of having a McDonald's milkshake every day of the week, but I quite happily had a cappuccino or a latte. So for me, that was a life-changing moment. And moving to black coffee for my go-to massively reduced the number of calories that I was consuming. So there you have it. Life changer for me right there. And it could be for you. Drinking calories are the silent assassin. Fruit juice could be 100 calories a glass. A can of IPA is 150 to 200 calories a can. It soon adds up. Now you might get me on technicalities here, but even if my calorie numbers are slightly off, it's still a lot of calories being consumed as drinks. And the problem is they don't even serve to fill you up. They just add a lot of energy into your system that the body doesn't really know what to do with, but certainly doesn't like to waste. Next for me is compounding effects. Now I have this rule in my approach to fitness, which I followed pretty consistently for the last five years. And it's simply this, never go more than two days without exercise. It's so simple, but it is super effective. It's a great barometer in my life and it really keeps me honest. To ensure I don't let the days merge together in my memory, I actually track this on a spreadsheet. It's definitely a bit geeky, but it really works. It keeps me honest and it keeps me active. It forces me to find time in my schedule and doesn't allow me to make space for excuses. So as it relates to food, I think the same rule applies. It certainly does for me. We all have a blowout here and there, a takeout, a few more drinks than we imagined, too much chocolate or sweets with the kids at the movies. Whatever it is, I personally believe it doesn't matter. What matters is what you do next. 
So many of us use that indulgence as an excuse for more indulgence. Later that day, for the rest of the weekend, the rest of that week, the rest of that month. But it doesn't need to be that way. Be honest. How many times have you had a blowout on a Friday evening and then said, I'll get back to eating healthy on Monday? Imagine how much you can stem the negative impact by following up an unhealthy choice with a healthy choice. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, which is an incredible book, talks about just that. It's so hard to straight out remove bad habits. So a good change strategy is sometimes just to build a new positive habit anchored onto an old negative habit. Every time you have a takeout, for example, work out the next day. Every time you go to the fridge or snack cupboard after dinner, maybe do 10 press-ups. Whatever it is, it can be such a great way to begin to break the cycle. In my experience, when a really indulgent meal is followed up by great nutrition at the next opportunity, the effects are less profound. The sugar crash, the fatigue, the stomach discomfort, the poor skin, the headaches, they don't come in full force in quite the same way. Next up, let's talk foods with ingredients and packaging. And this was a really big one for me. And it has become a really good metric on the quality of my daily nutrition. Just by looking at how much of my food is coming in packaging with ingredients listed on the side. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole paleo, vegan, whatever debate. Whatever nutrition approach you take is great by me. But what I am saying is this. By attempting to eat whole, simple foods that don't have ingredients listed on the side is a surefire way to just clean up your nutrition. Eating raw or simple foods removes some of the silent assassins plaguing our diets, particularly hidden sugars and oils. Calorie counting becomes a whole lot less important if you consume mostly fruit, vegetables and simple whole superfoods and lean meats. At least in my experience, that's the case. The next life changer for me is water and the question of am I drinking enough? Now drinking enough water is a bona fide game changer. There are lots of guidelines out there about how much is the right amount and it's really hard to know what's backed by science and what isn't. But what is backed by science is that staying hydrated is vital to health and that even minor changes in hydration can massively affect our performance. One study found that dehydration levels of just 1.4% significantly reduce concentration and focus levels in participants. Our bodies are 60% water. We can go for weeks without food. Water, three or four days at the most. Water is life-giving and our bodies need it. Just by the fact that you are listening to the podcast, I know you're almost certainly part of the 57% of the world's population who have access to piped running water. It's genuinely the easiest life changer you can put into action. There really are no barriers. Next on my personal checklist is gut health. And this one has been a really big deal for me. About three years ago, I went gluten-free. Now, I initially did that because my daughter Grace is gluten intolerant and she was really upset every time we were eating out for dinner or when we were eating at home that she couldn't eat the same things as everybody else in the family. But after a few weeks of actually eating gluten-free food, I found that my body was thankful. Now, I'm not saying you need to ditch the gluten, although I will say it's a great way to cut out bread and those fried foods that you get on restaurant menus. 
But what I'm really saying is that gut health is a really big deal. And I didn't really fully appreciate how much of a big deal it is. If you want to read more on this subject, check out the book Grain Brain. It really is eye-opening. If you're feeling bloated or tired or retaining excess body fat, chances are your gut health is at least partly to blame. So let's level set. I read recently that there are more neurons in the intestinal tract than the spinal cord or peripheral nervous system. That's insane. It seems like the body really wants to know what's going on down there. And there must be a good reason. There is one big superhighway from your gut to your brain. It's called the vagus nerve. Research shows that 90% of its fibers are actually focused specifically on carrying information from your gut to your brain. If you've heard the expression, trust your gut, well, it's really smart, really, really smart. And it knows what's good for you and it knows what isn't. So I highly recommend listening to it. Keeping your gut healthy is a surefire way to improve your energy levels, your mood and your concentration. Whether it's fermented foods, probiotics, kombucha or bio-yogurts, I'm a big fan of supplementing good plant intake with things that will improve my gut health. Now, full disclosure, there's definitely some debate as to the efficacy of some of those things that I just mentioned, because the research is not really abundant right now. But anecdotally, I can tell you, I've found that a positive approach to gut health has given me incredible results in terms of mood, energy, and focus levels. And that in turn has fueled my 28 summers journey and my drive to live life more adventurously. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know nutrition and diet is a hot topic with much debate, much disagreement, and even controversy. And I don't really want to get into all of that. I just really want to reiterate that I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist, but these things have really worked for me and for other people I know. And most of them came to me as tips and advice from people that I respect and admire. You know, it's such a minefield out there. I'm just looking to help show a path through the minefield that worked for me and it worked for others I know and may well work for you. My hope is that one or two of the things that I mentioned may work for you. Remember to be kind to yourself about your health, your diet and your body. We are force fed so many unrealistic images. My big hope is that more people realize that health is intensely personal. What works for one may not work for the other and you've got to give yourself time to find the balance and the nutrition and the lifestyle that works for you. So if you're looking to fuel your 28 summers journey and live a more adventurous life, I really do encourage you to try some of these tips and find what works for you. Please do let me know if any of them resonate with you or help you on your journey. I'm always keen to hear your stories. You can find me on Instagram at One Day Adventurer. So please follow me, tag me, or drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. We are now several episodes into this journey together. I continue to be so grateful to each of you for taking the time to listen and share this podcast. If I could ask just one more favor, it would be to take the time to review the podcast and let me know what you think. It would mean so much to me. In the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, and remember to live life adventurously. <laughs>